0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Man, <clears throat> this time of year, uh, I've watched a lot of Christmas movies already, and um, the primary plot, I think, of, um, of Christmas movies, generally speaking, is that the main characters have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas, and they, they must rediscover the, the true meaning of Christmas. And uh, the, the movie that we have watched the most in my house this year is called Mickey and Minnie's Wish Upon a Christmas. <laughs> and I have seen that movie a hundred times. My wife has seen it 200 times. Um, and the, the climax of that movie concludes with this song. The song is called, What Makes Christmas? Christmas. What makes Christmas, Christmas? And the answer, it says, is not found in a bow. It's not found in getting all of the presents that you want. It's not found in even sitting by the tree. What makes Christmas, Christmas is sharing it with you. It's the message. Isn't that sweet? What, what makes Christmas, Christmas is, is sharing it with you. Now, the cynical part of me um, uh, is a little annoyed, honestly, that at the end of the Disney movie, it's like, we don't even, money doesn't matter, presents don't matter, all that matters is family, you know. It's like, okay, um, you know, it's easy to say when you're in a billion-dollar industry, right? Um, so uh, the cynical part of me is, is annoyed by that, but, but I wonder how you would answer that question, what makes Christmas, Christmas, if that's the plot of all the movies, we've lost sight of the true meaning. And it, How would you answer the question? What's the meaning of Christmas? What makes Christmas Christmas? Maybe when you think about Christmas, it's the smell. It's the music. It's the movies. It's the presents. Maybe it's being with family. Or maybe it's being apart from family. What makes Christmas? Christmas. And this is where Christians come along or someone like me comes along and says, now you know that the real meaning of Christmas, right, is that Jesus was born, right? Jesus is the reason for the season. You know that, right? And we've got to keep Christ in Christmas, right? And so you could say that the, what makes Christmas Christmas is the birth of Jesus, It's Jesus' birthday. That's the point of Christmas. Christmas, we get together and we celebrate because we're throwing a big birthday party for Jesus every year. That's what we tend to say, and yet even that, sometimes I step back and I, I think, but what does that mean? What does it mean that we celebrate the birth of Jesus? Lots of people have been born. We don't have Massive holidays built around their birth. Why all the hoopla over the birth of this baby? Why bring out the trombone for Jesus' birth? What's it all about? What makes Christmas, Christmas? What's interesting is that the very first Christmas, After the angels announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, the shepherds immediately go and take action. And it's interesting, here's what they do. Um, This is in Luke chapter two, uh, starting in verse 15. We just read um, the entirety of this, but here's what what the shepherds do after they've heard the announcement. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And there's Christmas. That's the Christmas event. The baby was born. But then listen to what happens next. Verse 17. After seeing them, after seeing Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, after seeing them, here's what they did. They reported the message they were told about this child. When they leave from seeing Joseph and Mary and Jesus, when they leave and they begin to report or announce what has happened, they don't just say a baby was born. But instead it says they report the message They were told about this child. Verse 18. And all who heard it were amazed or wondered at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 19. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. Verse 20. The shepherds returned to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. When the shepherds go the very first Christmas, what they are announcing, what causes them to go back glorifying and praising God. That is, what causes them to return to their fields thinking that God is worth more than they previously thought and thinking that God deserves more of their attention and affection than they previously thought. What has led them to believe that God is, should be taken more seriously than they were taking him seriously. What has led them to do that is not just the fact that a baby was born. Babies are born all the time. What caused them to rejoice, what caused them to worship, what caused them to glorify God, to believe that God is worth something more than I thought, what caused them to do that is what they were told about this child, what they were told about the baby. This means that from the very first Christmas, They have been announcing the meaning. They've been announcing since the very first Christmas, what makes Christmas Christmas. It's not just that a baby was born. It's what they were told about the baby. So what were they told? The answer is in Luke chapter two, verse 10. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Here's the news, verse 11. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Here's the news about this baby who's born. What is such the, what, what's the big deal? Babies are born all the time. Why rejoice over this birth because of who this child is? Christmas is not just about the fact that baby Jesus was born. That would not be good news without knowing something about who Jesus is. So who is Jesus. The answer to that question, who is Jesus, is the same answer to the question, what makes Christmas, Christmas? The reason for the hoopla, the reason for the rejoicing, the reason for thinking that God should be taken more seriously than we were taking him before. The reason for all of that is because of what was announced about this child who was born. And here's what they tell us. They say three things. The angels tell the shepherds three things about This baby who was born. Here's the first one. Jesus is Savior. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. Jesus is Savior. That is not a complicated word. It literally just means Jesus has come to save people. He's come to rescue people. He's come to carry people out of darkness into light. He's come to carry people from mourning and weeping to rejoicing. He's come to carry people from guilt to innocence. He's come to carry people from shame to honor. He's come to carry people from death to life. If you want to know what makes Christmas Christmas, if you want to know who Jesus is, know this. Jesus has come to save. He's a Savior. Here's the second thing that the angels say. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. Who is Christ or who is the Messiah? The word Christ and Messiah mean the same thing, same word. What does that mean? To call this child who's been born the Messiah, what's that mean? The word Messiah is just a title. It comes from the Hebrew scriptures or what we call the Old Testament. And it just means that this child, Jesus, is the king who has been promised to Israel. God promised that Israel would have a king. The angels are announcing this is the king. To call Jesus Messiah, to call this baby who's been born Messiah implies at least two things. First, it implies that this one who has been born is a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. That means, here's the implication, that this one who has been born is really a human. This is a human being who's been born. Jesus is really a human. Um, Recently, my two-year-old daughter um, discovered what humans are. Um, And by that I mean she knows the word for human and she's starting to recognize them. And so she will walk around our house and say, Daddy, am I a human? I'll say, yes. She'll say, is Mommy a human? I'll say, yes. And she'll say, are you a human? And I'll say, yes. And then even sometimes we'll be in public, sometimes at church on Sunday, and I'll be holding her in between services or something and she'll look at some of you and she'll whisper into my ear, Daddy, are they a human? (laughs) And she could look at Jesus and ask that question and the answer would be yes. He's a human. He's really human. He's the Messiah. He's a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. That's the first implication of Jesus being Messiah. He's really human. The second is that he's come to be a king. He's come to rule. He's come to reign. He's king. That means he's come to be the king over a nation. He's come to be the ruler of a people. So Jesus is savior. He's Messiah. And the angel says, he's Lord. He's Lord. Lord is the highest title that an Israelite, a Jew, could give someone. Lord. It's the name above all names. And to call someone Lord implies that they have authority over everything. They're not just like a king who has authority over this kingdom, but they have authority over all. They're the Lord of all. And in the Jewish mind, who alone has authority over everything? God alone. To call Jesus the baby Lord is to call him God. He really is a human. He's the Messiah, but he really is God. He's really God. And that means that at Christmas, God demonstrates that not only is he Lord of all and highly exalted, but he also is near. God becomes vulnerable in a little baby. What makes Christmas Christmas? Not just that Jesus is born, but who Jesus is. He's Savior, he's Messiah, he's Lord. Now here's what's interesting about that. This is the message that is announced. This is the meaning of his life that's announced at his birth. And this will be the message that is announced at his death. Listen to Luke 23, verse 35. This is while Jesus is hanging on the cross. The baby Jesus who has grown up now is hanging on a cross. And here's what they're saying. The people stood watching and even the leaders were scoffing. He saved others. Let him save himself. If this is God's Messiah, the chosen one, what are they saying? They're saying you're supposed to be a savior. Then why are you hanging up there? You're supposed to be the Messiah, the King. Whoa. Why are you hanging up there then? If you're Savior and if you're Messiah, then come down. But he stays. Another group of people, verse 36. The soldiers also mocked him. They came offering him sour wine and said, verse 37, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. If you're the Messiah, if you're the king, save yourself. Prove it. Verse 39, then one of the criminals hanging there next to him began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. What was announced at his birth continues to be announced at his death, but at his death, it's announced in a mocking way. You're really the Savior? Why are you hanging here? You're really the Messiah? Why are you hanging there? You're really the Lord? Why are you hanging there? So why is he hanging there? If he's the savior, why is he being beaten? If he's the savior, why is he being crucified? If he's the savior, why is he dying? If you were the savior, I wouldn't be able to do this to you and this to you and this to you. but he's hanging there because he has not come to save himself. He has not come to be the savior of his own life. He's come to be the savior of yours. He is not the savior who finds the trap door. He's not the hero at the end of the movie who at the last moment, they didn't know that he had shuffled off the handcuffs and he was there to He's not the hero, he's not the savior who escapes death. Instead, he's the savior who endures it for you. And he's not the king who comes and demands that you serve him before he first comes to serve you. And after he dies... on the third day he will demonstrate once and for all that he really is lord of all when he beats death this is who jesus is this is what makes Christmas, Christmas. The reason that the shepherds could go back to the field, glorifying God, praising God, thinking that God should be taken more seriously than they were previously taking him is because they understood the message of Christmas, the meaning of Christmas. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Do you understand that message. See, just as the shepherds were thrust into action, into movement upon hearing this news, the same should be true for us. Sentimentality is great. Nostalgia, it's fun, but it will not save you. So how should we respond to the meaning of Christmas, to the message of Christmas, to the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord? How should we respond? Here are three questions to help you think about how you might respond. Three questions. Here's the first one. Have you looked into Jesus? Have you looked into Jesus? See, the shepherds hear about him. Maybe you've heard about him then the shepherds go to see what has happened. Have you done that? Have you looked in to see who Jesus really is? Not based on maybe the impressions that you've gotten, but have you gone to see for yourself? If you are interested in finding out more about who Jesus is, then here's what I would invite you to do. Just go home for yourself and read the gospel of Luke sometime this weekend. Just read the gospel of Luke and just ask the question, who is this? Who is this? Have you looked into Jesus for yourself? Here's the second question to think about in responding to the meaning of Christmas. Here's the second question. Can you explain the meaning of his life? Can you explain the meaning of his life? Here's why I say explain. Because it says that the shepherds left and they reported the message that they were told concerning this child. In order to report something, you have to actually understand it. That's why I use the word explain. Can you explain the meaning of his life? By that, I mean not just can you say Christmas is about Jesus being born, that's true. Not just, well, Jesus grew up. That's true. Not just, well, Jesus died. And I think they crucified him. That's true. Jesus rose from the dead. That's what they say. That's true. But can you explain the meaning of these things? Can you explain the message of these things? Jesus was born. What does that mean? It means that God really has come to be with us. It means that you have a God who understands you. You have a God who's who knows your weaknesses, who can relate to you. Jesus lived and in his life, what did he do? He did everything that human beings are supposed to do. He's the true human, the true Israelite. Every standard that you need to meet, Jesus met. And then he went to a cross and he died. Why is he doing that? What's the meaning of that? The meaning is he's suffering the righteous For the unrighteous. The one without sin. For the one who has sin. That's us. Why? In order that he might bring us to God. Jesus is suffering for sinners so that sinners can be declared your good. And Jesus is raised from the dead. Why? Why? What is the meaning of that? The meaning is he truly is Lord. The meaning is even death can't hold him. The meaning is the cross worked. Forgiveness really is possible. There really can be life for you beyond the grave. Jesus is raised from the dead to offer you hope regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the drama, regardless of the pain, regardless of the fear that you walked in here with tonight, you can have hope that's not rooted in you or anyone else in this world, but is rooted in him. Jesus is the savior. He's the Messiah. He's the Lord. That means there's hope. Could you explain that? Could you explain the meaning of his life? And here's the third question. Has your soul felt its worth? Has your soul felt its worth? What's the difference between the shepherds and those who are mocking Jesus on the cross? The shepherds realize This savior: He has come for me. He's come for me. I read an author this week who said, "People say Jesus is the reason for the season." He said, "That's true. In another sense, you are the reason for the season. If you are not a sinner in need of a savior, Jesus doesn't come. But you are a sinner in need of a savior and Jesus has come. And has your soul felt its worth? The king of heaven leaves heaven to come to a manger. What a demonstration of love. And that is love for you. So I don't know how you feel about yourself, but you can look at the manger and you can look at the cross and you can see God really does love me. Has your soul felt that? This Christmas. As you reflect on the meaning of Christmas, don't feel guilty enjoying cookies or family or presents or eggnog or whatever other things make Christmas Christmas for you. Don't feel guilty. But do remember, do remember that the meaning of Christmas is that a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah, He's the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, we praise you for sending your son. Father, we praise you for sending a light into the darkness. God, I pray for us now. God, I ask that by your spirit, you would help us to trust in Jesus. Cause faith to arise in me and in us. Help us to trust Him. Help us to find our worth in Him and what He has done for us in His birth, His life, His death, and His resurrection. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, if you would, um, go ahead and stand and we're going to move into what will be some of your favorite parts of the evening. Um, as we are about to light these candles, and as they begin to be lit, just a few instructions to keep in mind. Uh, first, um, try to keep the candle vertical, Um, And second, uh, just be mindful of people around you with the candle, okay? Um, As you feel the warmth and you see the light and the, the room light up, be reminded that this is a picture of Jesus, the light who has come.